And we're back at it here on String Theories, episode three. Mike, how you doing today? Great. You're episode ready? three, man. That's awesome. Yeah. You ready to talk about some sort of darker stuff? Um, You mean like... Like, like we're talking heavy, heavy shit. Heavy hitting shit. Whoa. Um, I mean, usually, I mean, it's episode three. I think it's time we, you know. I don't know kinda... if our viewership is ready for this bomb to drop. Doesn't make any sense. If you will. Hey, Targ, what are you doing bumping into this podcast? You already had your time last. Go back to episode, episode two. two. It's as though you've reached out and you've just dipped into the psychic signal. All right. So, you know. I know we talked about Carl Jung last time, guys, and thanks for listening to that last episode. Um, we really, we really both love that um, that episode, and we we appreciate you listening. But we're still a young podcast, if you will, and so we're going to talk about Carl Jung again. Carl Jung um, famously had this idea, this concept of what he called the shadow, you know, and what it is 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 this part of our subconscious, um, this dark side of every human being with the brain that they keep suppressed in their subconscious minds, right? Through many different sort of defenses or that's probably a, not his term. That's probably a Freudian term actually. But anyways, we're going to talk about Carl Jung again in this concept of the shadow. Carl Jung referred to the shadow, the shadow. as the darker, the darker parts, parts of ourselves. Part the part, the part we keep safely hidden, hidden by our conscious mind. mind. So you might say this episode is going to get a little more shady Right, we've kept it on the light side. We're ready to take you to the dark side today. So bear with us and stick around. Can I ask you a question? Well, of course, Josh. This is like a podcast. I know we talked about this last time about you having uh, like sleepwalking stuff. Yes. And, you know, know, I think I was talking about my experience with like, you know, beyond that, which is like my experience with sleep paralysis. And if we have the opportunity to talk about that eventually, then we'll talk about it, right? Yeah. But I know you were telling me that you used to have, I don't know if you call it a recurring dream. Was it a it absolutely was a reoccurring dream. It was like when I was like in elementary school age and I just would be like with friends running in the streets and like skateboarding or something. And like from behind a car, like this scratchy, like human, humanoid-ish, like scratchy black shape would just come chasing me and it always catch me. Wow, that's, that sounds pretty freaky, man. It was freaky and I learned to, to train myself to try to wake up before he caught me in my dream. So I used to be a really light sleeper, I think. So maybe up Were may you have able fed. to wake up? Oh, yeah. I trained myself to wake up as a kid. I think that may have fed into my being a, a light sleeper, may have fed, fed into like being on the realm to accept those kind of situations. I'm glad that you brought up this concept of trying to wake up 
Hmm. Because sometimes during these events, uh, whatever you want to call them, you know, the sleep paralysis events, the only thing you can do is try to wake up, you know, and uh, I've gotten better at it, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) well, we're going to get into some of these stories here. Um, Before we do that, though, maybe we should define it. Good idea. Actually, we have a guest right here. He's a he's a doctor, and uh, we'll let him introduce himself if he feels. I think he's kind of kind of trying to lay low in the professional community because he doesn't want like his career being um, you know jeopardized. A lot of people frown upon this kind of stuff. But hey, doctor, go ahead. Tell us. You know, give us a little background here. A presence comes into the room, paralyzes its victim, then leaps on their body and assaults them. So a presence. That's some heavy stuff. We'll come back to this later, but you know, let's all take note of the fact that he said a, a presence. He a didn't presence. really define what that presence was yet. Well, I mean, it's hard to define, I think. Right, Mike? Right. We talked about this, me and you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you had some, some ideas about that. I know you said that maybe um, it wasn't what people often call it, uh, a daemon. Of course, yeah. Um, but... Before I get to that, um, we're, we're paying this guy over here to be here. So, what do you have anything to add to that? Sometimes it's a shadowy figure. Sometimes an old hag. Old hag. Sometimes a demon. See, demon. Sometimes a demon. Okay. Well, of course. I, I, my, here's my, my thought on that. Which I'm glad you asked me, Josh, because it's like, okay. So when I think of a demon, I think of like something that's coming and it's like maybe knocking poltergeist-ish, kind of moving stuff around, or is a physical, like, taking over possession of a body. Yes, but and they're more shadow- trying to influence you and, like, you know, um, steer you in one way, maybe, be but, up in your but, ear. But these entities that are just, that they're re- that people report along with these kind of sleep paralysis and stuff, these these shadowy figures, right? They they show up in the room like they're in the room watching you. You wake up and they dart out, or they're in the corners. They don't really try to attach themselves to you. I think that's a big difference to me than most what you consider a demonic possession. No, I agree. I I completely agree. And it's hard to like say like are these like cre. I ha- I hate to call it a creature. We talked about my theory it's a on being. this, guys. It's an entity. My theory is this, and maybe I'll wrap it up a little more clearly at the end, but. Again, I think it's probably us. I, I kind of think that we're in these states, these liminal states that we come out of, that in all honesty, I think we're kind of being tormented by this shadow mm-hmm. that is a part of our being, if you will. If you will. Could it be? Let me ask you a question, viewers. Viewership. Those of you on the viewership. Could it be that our shadows actually occasionally, in certain instances, can jump out of our bodies and inhabit the waking world outside of the flesh of a human? And if so, I mean, imagine if you were a shadow, right? Figure, a shadow person, a shadow of yourself. It would be a terrifying thing to leap out. It would be a terrifying thing to leap out. Waking up by a dream.
So, you know, you know, as far as dreams go, if we could just continue this dream thing, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Because that's scary as hell what you're talking about, right? Oh, and yeah. what he's talking about. I've had scary dreams too. I had I had a dream my my neighbor was a werewolf. This woman that lived up the street, she turned into a werewolf and ate her boyfriend in front oh. of me at the drive-in theater. Jeez. I had to see her ingest her boyfriend in front oh, of me. Crazy. Right? Rip him apart and eat him. It's nuts. And so that was nuts. And, that was and, a dream that just stuck with you. It wasn't a recurring dream. Oh, right? no. It's just one time. One wow. time deal. Amazing. Um, and then I had another dream that was uh, precipitated through watching Snow White. Snow White? Disneyland Snow White. Uh-huh. There's a scene where the stepmother turns into the witch. Uh-huh. And it's very graphic, and her nails start to kind of just like... Oh, yeah, I remember those nails crawling out. Freaked me out as a kid, right. being like five, six years old. Mm-hmm. So that night, I dreamt that I turned into what we would call warlock. A little witchy boy. A little witchy boy. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So dreams are terrifying. But not like this, guys. Let's be honest. Let's talk. Let's get. Let's get back on track here. Okay, sure. sleep paralysis mm-hmm. is something entirely different. And yes, it involves sleep. But this happens when you come out of the sleep state Correct. and you're in a waking state. Can I? That know what's crazy to bring that up is that it actually. I I didn't get to this part of my reoccurring dream. So the reason why I was training myself to wake up because when I'm running from this or skateboarding away from this this shadowy, scratchy figure coming at me is that eventually I, f- I, go in, I fall into a hole. When I land in the hole, I'm, I'm, I feel like claws are digging into me and I open up my eyes and I can't move and I can't scream my mom's name. There's, there's a beast Right? That would happen pursuit. over and over again with me as a kid. That would happen over and over and over again. There's a current that runs through um, a lot of these experiences. If you go and do the research, like we do, of course, you know, in preparing for our oh, definitely. show here. Yeah, months, um, months of preparation. If you start really looking into these cases of sleep paralysis, you'll find there's really a vein that runs through all of them that uh, the similarities are hard to deny in their experience. Their waking experience, right, is all the same. And it kind of happens something like this. First thing I remember as a child at night, um, I had just gone to bed. My mother just put me to bed. And I could see um, the lights on in the living room. I had just laid down for bed. I could hear my parents. I could hear the television. And I looked up, and to my right, I saw a couple. Um, very shadowy, very dark, in my bedroom. So, yeah. A couple. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a couple. And guys, we're going to kind of, we may play a little more of her audio, but at some point in that clip specifically, it gets to a point where it's like, if you'd like to listen to her experience on your own, uh, we're not going to put that on you though. Because YouTube- trust me, it's a heavy, heavy, you can just go on heavy YouTube. hitter. And yeah, we'll share the link with you. Just hit us up, you know. Um, but anyways, um, I'd like to you know talk about my experience, which is very similar to what she just said, mm-hmm. right? As a kid, um, and I'll tell you about what happened. One afternoon, I was probably 15 years old, 14 or 15, you know, high school. I was uh, sitting in my room. Uh, I did this chair. I used to sit on the, you know, the uh, on the floor of my room and kind of rock back and forth. But I was just watching some TV, just getting ready to go to bed, you know. This news story pops up. <laughs> The Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Oh, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. He's being, uh, he, maybe he's in poor health or he was going through so. And maybe it was his, like, he was he was about to get executed, you know? Oh, he was already captured. He was already locked away okay. at this point. Uh-huh. But this clip comes up of him in court, right? 
and they kind of come into a tight shot on his face and he turns his hand and there's like this pentagram on his hand and yeah, he I looks at the that. screen that was, that was amazing and in that major. moment in my waking life right my real my reality mm-hmm. i felt this thing like almost this, like reverberation this spinal reaction and this shock that went oh through my God. body i was like what the fuck was that it scared the shit out of me wow so then that night i went to bed right mm-hmm. I'd say about two thirty three in the morning, I'd awoken from a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So I woke up into my bedroom. Here I am. Middle of the night. Oh, God damn, dude. Like, thank God I'm awake. Look to my left, and standing over me in my bedroom is Richard Ramirez, but like dark version, right? It's encloaked in like shadow. Mm-hmm. With this kind of fake glowing outline to his face, he looked at me and he smiled. And when he did that, I became paralyzed, and I felt that I was basically being murdered. Oh my God, it's freaky. Yes, and so that lasted for what felt like probably about thirty, forty-five seconds. I kind of looked at his like figure fade into the darkness, and then you know over time I got up, turned my light on in my room freaked out caught my breath ended up running upstairs jumping into my mom's bed mm-hmm. at 15 years old right yeah freaked out of my freaking mind dude crazy beyond a dream but you know that paralysis it's scary you're awake you're aware and you can't move you cannot move luckily there's that Part in the art in your sleep, you know, cycle like your REM state, where like your that part of your brain turns off your mobility, so you don't like act out your dreams. So like maybe you wake up and that's still a residual of it, but that doesn't account for the visions. Some sort of know? chemical thing you're saying in your brain. Well, it's it's there when you sleep in that state, sure. you know. So you don't like water ski. But no, like I do that though. See, I think that's where like I I might have a soccer dream where I think I'm kicking a ball and I like this kick all- in my dream. You know, I do. Sure, yeah, yeah. Your leg kicks. Or you talk in your dream, so you're somewhat aware. So oh yeah, be the opposite is true. But okay, so this stuck with me right this night. Imagine me. I'm jumped into jumped my into my mother. She's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I don't want to talk about it. I had like some experience right now that was really scary." So I ended up going to like sleep, trying to, can't sleep, end up finally coming to like the lights kind of coming in the daytime. Like it start, you know, it's like probably like 5 a.m. at this point. And I'm like, okay, trying to go back to bed, turn on my TV for comfort. So call me crazy, Mike, but to this day, I still love that Seal song from the 90s. Remember it? Yeah. It's got my seal of approval. And I'll tell, like I'll, tell I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make. Doesn't make any sense. It's as though you reached out. It's as though you reached out. Doesn't make any sense. A man tries to go Call 
referred to the shadow. Wow, man. Was, you just took me right back. I'm telling DJ, you, man. DJ. I'm telling you. That was the remix for you guys, hey, by the way. What do you guys think about that? Dr. Micro Smith on the ones and twos. Right, so I was back in my walkabout, coming around with me mates, just eating up for a beer, you know, and uh, ended up at this little beef wheat shop, and, uh, you know, and I reckon it was pretty nice, but, uh, let's go and make a call, yeah? Give it a hot take. Get a hot take with our mate. With our mate. With our mate, Michelle. Right? Let me dial up, eh? Oh man, that's so- Michelle. Hi, Hi, Michelle. Welcome to uh, String Theories podcast. Thanks. Thanks for, call- Thanks for calling in from all the way across the the world. You know, it's eight o'clock here. What time is it uh, down under? Um, don't know. Let me turn the clock upside down. <laughs> Just playing. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Hey, so Mike, last time we were talking about, we were at a party at your house recently. Yeah. And yeah. we, were, we were talking about, what was it, sleep paralysis? We were talking about sleep paralysis. Yes, and, and Michelle, you told me the, the most frightening story, and I was, like, so captivated. But I also wanted to, like, I was just picturing it so you could, I could hear it again and have it be fresh again. So I'm excited for you to tell us this story because it was, from I remember, I was just blown away. Okay, can I ask you a question first before we get into your story? Have you been yeah. a sufferer of sleep paralysis since you were um, a child by, by chance or yes, no? Yes, I have. You have? Several times, yes. And yeah. so typically the situation, well, I guess we should get into your personal account, but like we've been talking about this all episode and typically what happens is there's a sense that there's something in the room, there's some sort of entity or presence or being, yeah. and some people and say it's evil. malicious and yeah, it, scary, it intends bad, to do wrong. harm possibly, or at least, you know, to scare you. So yeah, just tell us what, what, what was your experience that like your first experience with that? Um, Well, I've had several, but I think the one that comes to mind is I was probably about 12, 12 Mm -hmm. or 13, um, in my room, obviously sleeping in my bed, um, woke up, felt something really scary and wrong, um, and I just, I was frozen, but it hadn't frozen me yet, just lying there, um, really scared, started to pray. Oh my God. And then I felt this. Like, I felt like a present come into my body, and I actually physically jerked. Yes. So I was I was awake, and so I wasn't sleeping. I was awake, and I felt this thing come into me, and it was bad, and I physically jerked, and I just started praying the Hail Mary, like, over and over and over again. I mean, I, I just so many times until I felt it leave my body, and then I physically jerked again. And was so scared I couldn't move. And then I told my parents, like, the next morning. Um, But that was the only time I actually had felt, like, I mean, I felt and seen presences before, but that was the only time that I actually felt that, like, it felt like it was coming into my body. An interesting thing that you said when you were describing your experience was the Uh shock and the feeling of something entering your body. Because what's really cool, not cool, but I mean, interesting is Josh was telling his story 
and he experienced like a jolt as well. Yeah, and I, earlier in the episode, I think we talked about the party a little bit, but like I had, I had an episode where yeah. um, involving Richard Ramirez, remember the Night Stalker, and I thought uh-huh. I thought that he somehow was able to I don't know what you want to call it astral project or something, but he was able to leap across the bounds uh, of the world, if you will, and then end up in my bedroom in a very similar way and shocked me in the same way. You know, I felt him sort of take control of the body. So that's a very similar experience, you know? Um, (laughs) Typically when we talk about sleep paralysis, it always happens the same way. So that's awesome. We really appreciate you. Your story is really incredible. Talking about that with us and sharing that. That's tough to do too. That's, that's. Thanks for letting me share it. Absolutely. So you enjoy the rest of your evening. Bye-bye. Thank you guys, too. Hopefully now I haven't brought another one on. <laughs> uh, you know, as far as sleep paralysis goes, this is something that I've experienced since then, right? And I'm always, like, I guess at 41 now, I'm kind of like, I try to be in the moment. So when it's happening to me, I'm aware of it a little more. Yeah. And I try to um, resist or not like let the fear overtake me, right? Um, and I just kind of ride it out until I either wake up or fall back into a state of sleep. Let me ask you this. See, like as a child where I was having those reoccurring dreams, I really trained myself to be a really light sleeper so I could wake up in the middle of a dream so I would beat that that scratchy thing from catching me, making me fall. You know what I mean? A, a safety mechanism. So I just would, I would be able to pop out of dreams. Um, so as an adult, have you... Do you, have you developed that, or do you is, do you normally like have deep, really deep sleep and need to serve? No, I've I, I've sort of learned to um, occupy that liminal state more often mm-hmm. than anything, right? right. I, I I tend to like to fall asleep to the sound of a human voice. I can't wait to make you a fried egg on toast tomorrow morning. Wow, and I'm not sure why that is. It's very comforting to me. Targ is like just, you know, he always wants to jump in. You know, he he's he's new he's he's newly deceased. You know what I mean? So I think he's still hanging on a little bit here and reaching out into the psychic through the psychic signal. Right. You know, it's funny that you say that recently deceased because for a while there, I thought these shadowy people might be ghosts, but I honestly believe, just to go back to the original theory that we introduced, that it's actually us. Right. I think it's like like Carl Jung was was touching on, you know. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like it's us, you know, it's us tormenting ourselves. And you know, I I believe that that is in some instances where we see one uh, like a shadowy figure that just is watching us and doesn't know how to deal. That's the possibility is really makes much sense to me. But people's accounts where they're like assaulting them and like doing like really weird stuff to them you know like even like how this how that on that entity oh it's documentary poor poor girl how she sums it up let's just sum it up you know sure story is crazy here's how she sums it up at the end you know you can't move you can't scream um feels like you've been drugged somehow yeah we'll spare you what happens before that you know but um she's exactly right though when she says it feels like you've been drugged somehow yeah because you're just paralyzed that's different than like you like seen something and it just that's a that's a reoccurring thing you know where they just imagine being drugged in a dark room waking up and realizing that you are not not alone, not alone. 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 alone.
Gnosis is a powerful thing. Gnosis is a powerful thing. It sure is. That's that's to be sure. Doesn't make any sense. I don't care anymore about you, Targ. He just wants to. He he really wants to insert himself back into reality. Yeah, he's he's kind of residual at this moment. At, at this, you know? I think Targ's caught in like the stone tape, like phenomena. He's like. So, Printed himself on there. I did start to kind of parlay or or, or segue. I guess segue is a better word. I like um, segways. Yeah, we segued into this concept of buildings harboring some sort of dark energy, like the place itself. Yeah, stone tape theory. I just kind of mentioned that. Right. So the reason I brought that up, though, Mike, is because like you know, back back to, to what we're talking about as far as like places or buildings that may harbor, you know, like this yep. like um, this um, ripple. You know, of human presence or some, you know, some sort of darkness or some sort of like paranormal uh, hotspot. It's like right? a printing on that. I'll tell you a quick. Mineral. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I'll tell you a quick story that happened to me back in around 2001. I like to tell stories. <laughs> um, I had my buddy Russ and my buddy Jeremy over to the house, and we were hanging out one afternoon, probably around I don't know. Isn't it, it late afternoon, right around like I would say four o'clock, you know, four fifteen, four twenty, somewhere around there, and and we're looking downtown in Long Beach, and they had gone on the balcony to have a smoke, and I was sitting on the couch inside my apartment. I was laying down, just chilling. Yeah, it was kind of like that. And ne- next thing you know. Jeremy and Russ walked back in the apartment. Granted, they'd only been in my house for about 20 minutes. And they looked at me and they said, Josh, we're taking off, dude. And I was like, why? Like, dude, we just saw some shit that we can't explain and we're not, we're kind of scared to be honest, dude. And they looked like they had seen a ghost, Mike. And I'll tell you what happened, right? Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm here. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm like, okay. So that building downtown with the copper rooftop, right? Um, in, in Long Beach here, this building, apparently there was like a suicide famously. And like, apparently there's this like woman who haunts it or whatever. Well, that, that, that wasn't what they saw guys. This is what they told me. They said, we just saw a black fog come up out of the rooftop of that building in a column, a black fog from a distance. We're talking about probably about a mile away. Black flog, flog. (laughs) lifts up into the the night and then morphs into a symbol the way the way that they described it to me was like the prince symbol finish your pancake let's get to work in the sky and then that symbol morphed into another symbol and then that symbol faded into the night sky wow they both saw that together that's insane and that made them want to leave my house you guys think I'm bullshitting. That's an actual true story. Explain that one to me. Explain that one to me. Explain that Explain one that to one me. That one the to only me. thing I can I can say that it might have possibly been, because, you know, my, my, my biological, my skeptical mind, you know, wants to, like, shake me and be like, no, 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 it was just this. Maybe it was a murmuration of starlings. You familiar with that concept? Birds that are, like, you know, like, fly in flocks, giant flocks had landed on that rooftop and they all flew up into the sky, the night sky, and he saw this murmuration of starlings 
in the night sky. I keep thinking that's the greatest name of a band, you know? Liberation or, of Starlings? Yeah, or a bal- album or it something. It sounds super emo. It does sound super emo. It's, it's like, Liberation of Starlings. This is our first record. Um, it's our first and our last. What's the name of the album, Mike? Self-titled, bitch. That's what it's called. <laughs> no, it's called Night Sky. Night uh, Sky. Night Sky. Night Sky Obliteration. Seeing. Night Sky Obliteration. <laughs> We're a murmuration of starlings. Here we go. We're going to do a live song for you right now. Night sky. Seeing. Don't keep them waiting. Give me that. Here it comes. Night sky of starlings. A murmuration in the night time. Night gathering of starlings It symbolized A little witchy boy Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there probably could be an easy scientific explanation for that building event with the murmuration of starlings. Maybe, Maybe it was something, you know, that... We can't explain. It was enough to scare them, obviously. But, you know, if we could just go back to what we've been chatting about tonight, Mike, with the sleep paralysis stuff. To me, just to summarize, if it, it seems like it could be one of two things. On the one hand, yes, maybe it is some sort of dark, um, you know, malicious entity or presence who likes to prey on us in our most vulnerable states. And, you know, what a terrible thought that is. On the other hand, though, maybe it is us. Maybe it is our shadow uh, peeking out into the world in a Jungian sense and looking back on us and having this really horrific, terrifying experience of its own and trying to get back inside of us. And that's what we experience with these events. Mm -hmm. I, I think we may have proven that here today. Thanks for joining us, guys. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.